there. Welcome back to another episode of the Binge Eating Dietitian podcast. Thank you for being here. You know me by now. My name is Joe. I am a dietitian and my purpose of being here and you being here is so together we can smash the taboo of binge eating. So thank you for joining me for another episode. In today's episode, I am going to be talking about irritable bowel syndrome and the link with binge eating. And I'm going to be giving some advice for what to do if you are struggling both with binge eating and possibly irritable bowel syndrome at the same time. While I was preparing for today's episode and doing my usual research on the topic, it made me appreciate and to realize again that often eating disorders don't happen by themselves often there is another concurrent illness. Sometimes it's a physical illness like IBS or type 2 diabetes. Sometimes it's a psychological illness such as depression or anxiety. If you are struggling with binge eating and you have another diagnosis at the same time, I just want to normalize that that is really common. It is really common to see two or more diagnoses together. And I think it's important to normalize this because I know from talking to you in the past that when you have more than one diagnosis at the same time, it can make you feel like you've been dealt a bad hand and that you are really unlucky and that life has not been good to you. And so I just want to say that please know by having a diagnosis of one thing might make you more susceptible to a diagnosis of another. So please don't feel that you've done anything wrong, that any of this is your fault. Unfortunately, it just so happens that when you are diagnosed with something like depression, that often does put you at an increased risk for diagnoses with something else, such as type 2 diabetes. Anyway, as we are talking about health conditions today, I do just want to reiterate that please just don't take any advice from this podcast. It really is just for education purposes only. And I would always, always recommend that you first speak to your healthcare professional, the one that knows you really well, whether that's your doctor, your nurse, or your dietitian, because they are going to be able to help you best. I just hope that I'm going to get the wheels turning and get you thinking about your diagnoses and how you may be able to approach them. So you may be wondering, why are you even talking about this? I am struggling with binge eating and what has that got to do with my bowels? Great question. And the reason why I am bringing this up today is because you would be surprised at the amount of people who are struggling with an eating disorder and some gut-related problem with IBS being one of the most common ones. Did you know that People with eating disorders are more susceptible to functional gut disorders, and IBS is one of the most common ones. In people with anorexia, the prevalence of a functional GI disorder is between 20 and 40%, and IBS is one of the most common ones. And in people who struggle with binge eating, Upper and lower GI symptoms are often reported. So upper GI symptoms include things like bloating and abdominal pain. And lower GI symptoms include things like diarrhea, constipation or fecal urgency. 
So this is a definite cause that has been established between eating disorders and functional gut disorders, but we're just going to talk about IBS today. Now, the question is, which comes first? Does having an eating disorder cause the IBS or does having IBS cause the eating disorder? We could make arguments for both. And in the research, it's the very same. There is a chicken or egg dilemma with which comes first. So unfortunately, I can't answer that. But I think there is certainly a complex relationship there. And having one probably does put you at a predisposition for the other. One research study that was done back in 2005, I'll link it in the show notes, but it surveyed people who had a previous or a current diagnosis of an eating disorder. Of the group that were surveyed, 64% met the criteria for IBS and the majority of them, 87%, had developed their eating disorder before the IBS. And there was an average of about 10 years between the onset of the eating disorder and development of IBS. It's a really interesting area of research and I like to keep on top of it. So if there's any new developments in the link between eating disorders and IBS, I will be sure to let you know. All right, let's get into some things to consider if you are struggling with both an eating disorder. I'm going to use binge eating here because that's my jam, that's my topic. So if you're struggling with binge eating and IBS at the same time. The first thing that I would like you to consider, and these are in no order of importance, but the first thing is, have you made any drastic changes to your diet lately? And please be honest with yourself about this. Maybe it's that you are trying to get on top of your binge eating. So you've developed um, a clean way of eating. You've cut out a lot of processed foods and you're trying to only eat organic or whole foods. Or maybe you've decided that you want to try vegetarianism. And so naturally you've taken away all meat products and replaced them with vegetarian alternatives. Or maybe you have started a really stressful job and you no longer have the time to eat at regular times anymore and you are grabbing snacks or grabbing fast food whenever you can get your hands on it. Whatever changes that you've made, I just want you to ask yourself, has this been a drastic change? Has this been something that I've started quite quickly, quite suddenly? Or is it something that I have, I have gradually built up to? In the first two examples that I gave, adding in a more clean diet or turning vegetarian or vegan, in both of those cases, you are likely to have increased the fiber content in your diet. And if you've done this overnight or quite drastically, well then you are now taking in a lot more fiber than you were before and quite suddenly. That is enough to cause symptoms in your bowels, such as diarrhea or constipation, feeling bloated, feeling sluggish. And in the third example that I gave of starting a new stressful job and now all of a sudden you don't have time to eat anymore and you have to just grab food when it's available to you. In that case, the sudden absence of regular meals is enough to cause your bowels to go into disarray. And I would not be surprised if you are struggling with constipation or feeling gassy or bloated as well. When it comes to making dietary changes, 
I would always recommend that you take them on gradually, that you increase or decrease certain foods in your diet on a gradual basis, not to do it immediately, to do it overnight, because it can take some time for your gut and your bowels to get used to any changes and for your digestion to return to normal. I know that when you struggle with binge eating, you probably spend a lot of time planning out your new diet, your new way of eating, the diet that's going to save you from binge eating. And you probably start that diet quite suddenly. So I just want you to keep that in mind. Any dietary changes that you make, even if you're struggling with binge eating, try to take them on slowly and not make any sudden changes. The second thing that I would like you to consider, and I think this will be particularly relevant for those of you who are struggling with binge eating right now, is or leaving big gaps in between your meals. Do you binge eat in the evening time and then vow that you're going to fast for 24 hours until you can eat again? Is that you? How about do you have binge at breakfast time? which by the way is quite common. It's not always in the evening. Do you binge at breakfast and then don't eat again until the end of the day? What is the gap in between your meals? Is it quite long? If you leave long gaps in between your meals, and there's no definition of what a long gap is, but in my experience, it's six hours or more. Six hours or more is considered to be a long time in between your meals. If you are leaving long gaps in between your meals, it is more common to experience IBS symptoms. And why is that? Well, because you are eating more volume in a more acute period of time because you're not eating throughout the day. So you have to get your calories from somewhere. So you're eating a big amount a couple of times a day. When you're struggling with IBS, your symptoms probably will be improved if you spread your nutritional intake out over the course of the day. So not leaving it to just one big meal or two big meals in the day. And this is where it gets complex, right? Because, hey Joe, hand is up here. I am struggling with binge eating. So how am I supposed to just magically stop? And I understand that there is no magic stop button for binge eating. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. But just know that everything that you're doing to improve your binge eating likely will improve your IBS at the same time. If you need something to aim for, how about about four hours between your meals? And just notice if it makes any changes to your IBS symptoms. And lastly, if you are struggling with binge eating and IBS, I need you to prioritize managing your stress and making time for relaxation. It is well documented in the literature that stress has a profound impact on IBS symptoms. And sometimes individuals find that their symptoms of IBS dissipate once they start to incorporate regular relaxation, stress relief, optimized sleep, And how incredible is that? You know, I have to be honest with you here. I know that IBS is a diagnosis that heavily relates to digestion and bowel habits. And sometimes when you change your diet, you do have an improvement. But sometimes it has nothing to do with the foods that you eat at all. In fact, 
focusing on keeping yourself relatively stress-free, keeping stress levels as low as you possibly can, sometimes that is enough for your symptoms to completely disappear. This is a great example of how diet cannot always cure everything. And I asked you to not automatically jump to there being a problem with your diet or that you suddenly have to change what you're eating because you have this diagnosis. I please ask you that if you are feeling really confused about IBS, you don't know how to navigate it because of your eating disorder at the same time, please do reach out for professional support. A doctor or a dietitian can really help you during this time because I know that it sounds just really confusing. There's a lot of conflicting advice out there. I'm going to put a few resources for you in the show notes that will help you to better understand your IBS and maybe prepare you for talking to a professional about it. I'm going to put the diagnostic criteria for IBS because it's not just a willy-nilly fluffy diagnosis. There are very specific diagnostic criteria. And I will also put in there some advice from the British Dietetic Association for what you can start to do if you feel that you do need to make some dietary changes to improve your symptoms. But remember the considerations that I gave in today's episode. Firstly, please avoid making any drastic changes to your diet. I know you're tempted to develop a new diet plan and start it overnight, but it really is not good for your digestion, your gut or your bowels to make any sudden changes. And that even goes for making changes that you deem to be healthy, such as adding in lots of fruit and veg. That is better done over time in a gradual way. The second consideration is, as much as you possibly can, avoid long gaps in between your meals. Because smaller meals or eating more of a little and often pattern often does help to improve IBS symptoms. And thirdly, don't rule out paying attention to your stress levels. Please don't underestimate how important, how relevant, how significant stress levels are on a condition such as IBS. And of course, I'm not disregarding the fact that you're struggling with binge eating at the same time. So I understand that you feel all the stresses related to that. But as I said, paying attention to stress may improve your IBS and also is going to impact on your binge eating too. Because I'm always yapping on on this podcast about stress and how significant it is for any eating disorder, but particularly it can be a trigger for binge eating. Make sure you check out the resources I put in the show notes if this is impacting you. And just to reiterate again, if you do want to work with me on a one-to-one basis, if you have IBS, that is something that I can help you with. So don't hesitate, reach out. There's a link in the show notes to my website with all the details. And from there, you can book a free 15-minute, no obligation introduction. And you can tell me about everything that you're experiencing. If you have a podcast idea that you would like me to bring up on the show, please let me know because I'd make new episodes twice a week. I have plenty of time to cover new topics. So send me an email at joe at antidietanswers.com or come say hi on Instagram if you're on Instagram. My handle is at binge.eating.dietitian. All right, I am going to see you in the next episode. 
But until then, take care of yourself. Bye.